This is the Talk of the Town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free at 1-800-765-8255. Now, here is your host for the Talk of the Town, Dave Wilson. And good morning. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope your week's off to a great start. Thanks for letting us be part of your Monday. 800-765-TALKS, the phone number, 800-765-8255. You can text the show at 304-TALK-304. That's 304-8255-304. 304-TALK-304, the text line. Coming up this morning, we'll get caught up on the weekend that was with Metro News Statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney. Uh, lawmakers got uh, information yesterday on the proposal to devote $150 million to highway maintenance. They will take that up on the agenda today during a special session. We'll break it down with Metro News Statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney. Also, Senator Manchin making national headlines yesterday in an op-ed in the West Virginia Gazette saying that, uh, no, he will not support the For the People Act, and he will not... Uh, well, he will maintain his support for the filibuster. And that would seem to doom the For the People Act in the Senate, and uh, much to the chagrin of those championing that bill and uh, changes to the filibuster, he's uh, going to stand pat there. So we'll talk to Brad McElhenney about that at the bottom of the hour. Also, Joe Bracado. He's uh, in the sports lounge this morning filling in for Kyle Wiggs. Joe will come in studio. We'll get a recap on high school softball and baseball postseasons as teams in the area playing in, uh, well, some sectional championships have been decided. Some will be decided, weather permitting, over the next couple of days. And it's on to regionals, and we are but a mere couple of weeks away from the state high school softball and baseball tournaments which will round out what has been an incredible um chaotic at times 2020 2021 sports high school sports season here across the mountain state of course your calls texts and tweets are always welcome 800-765-TALKS the phone number 304-TALK-304 is the text line you may also um tweet at me I forgot my Twitter handle for a moment. At Dave Wilson MN is my Twitter handle. You can go online, do it for baby dog, get registered. You could win a million dollars or a new truck. I'm really, I'm not setting my sights too high. I'd like to have the, uh, do I make myself ineligible by saying this on the air? I want the lifetime hunting and fishing license. Okay, yeah, a million dollars would be nice. A new truck would be nice, but that hunting and fishing license, anybody who knows, you dole out, was it 35 bucks a year for that? That adds up over a lifetime, huh? (laughs) Do it for baby dog, though. Do it for baby dog. All right, let's hit the headlines here. State lawmakers will be in a special session at noon today. We'll talk to Brad McElhenney more about this. The agenda includes allocation of the $150 million for more than 400 highway maintenance projects. There's also allocation of federal relief funds for DHHR and the Education Department. Members of the House of Delegates 
and State Senate will be spending most of their time today on various topics in their monthly interim committee meetings. Uh, meetings began Sunday. I'll talk uh, state finances, the ongoing pandemic, and so on. Brad McElhinney, as I said, has more at WVMetroNews.com. He'll have more with us at the bottom of the hour. Marion County's Board of Education will meet later today, scheduled to choose Harrison County Assistant Superintendent Donna Haig as their next superintendent in Marion County. Haig was one of four finalists. She would take over for Randall Farley, who's retiring at the end of the month. We mentioned Senator Manchin. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. Uh, Not to be outdone, Senator Capito is... Scheduled to talk to President Biden later today. They're talking infrastructure. And I, the two sides are still billions of dollars apart. But given where they were a couple of weeks ago, and as crazy as this sounds coming out of my mouth, they're a lot closer than they were. They're a lot. I mean, they're, with, they're within a trillion dollars almost. Only in the federal government would you consider being within a trillion dollars close. But they're a whole heck of a lot closer than they were. And I was thinking about this uh, driving in this morning. And, and granted, my you know just mental recall doesn't go as far back as many of you. I'm not trying to make myself sound young or you sound old. But has there been been a time in West Virginia history when you've had when we've had two higher profile senators in D.C. than right now with Senator Manchin and Senator Capito. Byrd and Rockefeller? I mean, certainly Senator Byrd um, was extremely high profile and was a very powerful figure in D.C., Do Manchin and Capito right now, do they, I mean, do they surpass Byrd and Rockefeller? Just, just thinking about it, I don't, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, but that was just, it seems every day in the national news cycle, you're either hearing something about Joe Manchin or Shelley Moore Capito. And I think that's nothing but good for West Virginia. I, it, by the time it's all said and done, Uh, Hopefully, maybe we won't be confused for being near Richmond. A couple of local notes, crime notes. Murder trial scheduled to get underway this week in Monongalia County. 21-year-old WVU student uh, Eric Smith was shot and killed back in February 2020. Sean Darius Reeder is scheduled to go on trial this week in his murder. And a third guilty plea in a Harrison County bank robbery. 61-year-old David Gill has pleaded to charges in connection with that heist at Summit Community Bank in Salem in November 2020. Gill faces up to 10 years in prison and $125,000 fine. He helped Clint Utter, who robbed the bank, evade police. Those are your headlines this morning. We have much more information if you go over to the website, wvmetronews.com. How was your weekend? We'll talk about it if you'd like to. 800-765-TALKS, the phone number, 304-TALK-304 is the text line. Brad McElhenney, bottom of the hour. Joe Bricado at 945. We'll talk high school sports as the crazy 2021 season 
is winding down. Just getting started. Go grab yourself another cup of coffee. Talk of the Town continues right after this. 914 Talk of the Town back in a moment. We're talking about your town. Now back to the Talk of the Town. Brad McElhenney joins us bottom of the hour. Over the weekend, well, yesterday, as I struggle to find the sheet I'm looking for, uh, the state law, state legislature back in for a, well, for interim meetings and a special session today will consider the additional $150 million to highways. Uh, delegates and senators got a preview of the proposal during a legislative interim meetings yesterday evening. Transportation Secretary Bird White says money would go toward 400 projects sp- spread over all 55 counties. State leaders have described 742 total miles of paving. Um, on the highways project list, now I have not seen and I don't think others Maybe we'll get more information during the special session today. But I have not seen exact projects or the exact locations, what stretch of roads, stretches of roads, maybe getting repaved, slips getting fixed. But I do have dollar amounts. I do have dollar amounts here. So we are in District 4 here in North Central West Virginia. And here are the dollar amounts that will be dispersed. Preston County leading the way at $4.6 million. Rounded, that's $4,601,700 if you want to be exact. But uh, $4.6 million. Montague County will get $4.2 million. Marion, uh, let's see, who's next? Uh, Harrison at $2.7. Doddridge, $2.5 million. Marion County will get $2.8 million. Taylor will get $1.7 million. Uh, let's see. Further down the road, Lewis, $2.6 million. Upshur County, $2 million. Uh, almost $2.1. Anybody else there? Uh, like I said, I don't have exact projects uh, that those would fund, but... Um, Transportation officials are making a similar presentation to the one they made yesterday to the Joint Standing Committee on Finance uh, during a special session today. Special session begins at noon. Uh, It aligns with the lawmakers already in town for interim meetings. West Virginia announced its tax collections came in $152 million ahead of estimates just last month, built on the strength of income tax collections that came back a month later than usual. Because the pandemic led back to the uh, led to the deadline being moved back. We'll get in more depth with Brad McElhenney coming up about where the money's coming from, where it's going, how it's going to be used. Uh, there will be other monies considered at noon today that include um, federal relief funding going toward uh, DHHR and the uh, Department of Education. So we'll get more in-depth a little bit with Brad McElhenney here coming up. But there's your breakdown. Again, I don't have a list of the projects. I mean, we could put a list of projects together. Don't 
I don't doubt it, that could spend $4.6 million. So if you're looking at all of District 4, which is Doddridge, Harrison, Marion, Mon, Preston, Taylor counties, you know, 4, 8, 10, 12, 14, 15 to $16 million coming to North Central West Virginia out of the $150 million. Uh, projects that will be approved, that's 59 total projects in District 4 and a total of 108, almost 109 miles of projects. 800-765-TALKS, the phone number, 304-TALK-304 is the text line. Let's go to the phones. 800-765-TALK. Ron in Morgantown wants to weigh in. Good morning, Ron. Wait a minute. Let me hit the button again. Good morning, Ron. Nice. Good morning. Uh, I do have that list if you want it. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, We're going to do the Halleck Road beginning at County 83 and end at West Virginia 73. Uh, Stewartstown Road, they don't specify. Kingwood Pike beginning at... uh, what is it, County Road 857 and ending at uh, Ponderosa Ponds. Okay. Uh, West Virginia 7, they don't specify. The Point Marion Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, Summer School Road, uh, beginning at uh, somewhere near the Nicholas Loop on the Summer School Road. Okay. Uh, the Thomas Bennett Memorial Bridge. Where would that be, Ron? Uh, that I don't know. Well, I don't know where that. Yeah, I'd have to look that one up. Okay. Uh, Van Voris Road is going to get paid. Well, that needs done. And then finally, uh, Indian Creek, uh, County Road 41, Indian Creek. Uh, that's US 19 to Westover. Okay. I don't think you're going to get any argument from anybody that those those roads need to be done. You know, you had mentioned De Carlos Pizza. I'll bring. I'll let, <laughs> I'll mention this to you, and then. Sure. Uh, you, you know, DeCarlo's Pizza was in Morgantown twice. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. They were located on Beechers Avenue at 7th Street for about six months. And then, if, I don't know if you remember where, if we currently know where Fox's Pizza is on University Avenue. Yes, yes. But that was an originally uh, DeCarlo's Pizza. And they just they did, never caught on in Morgantown, huh? Uh, most of the people don't understand that, that when they when the cheese and the pepperoni's not cooked on the pizza, uh, it's not something that people uh, around here appreciate. Apparently not. It, it was it, also in Fairmont and didn't work. Well, you know, Fairmont's that, now that's a tough market to crack into. You got some competing Italian, uh, some good Italian down there, and yeah. good pizza places to deal with, Ron. Yeah, it takes a special person to appreciate uh, putting the cheese and the pepperoni on after the fact. But anyhow, those are your those are your lists, and uh, I sent Hoppy that list. So if you want to get it, he's got it. Well, you know, we, we've got to track him down. You can't get a hard day's work out of Hoppy anymore. Yeah, Ron, you, you know. never know. We... <laughs> All right, hey Ron, I yeah. appreciate it. Thank you very much. Take care. All right, Ron, coming through in the clutch there with the list. I had not seen the list yet. I had not seen the list. I'm sure we could make a longer list if we tried. Uh, so there you go. 800-765-TALKS, the phone number, 304-TALK-304 is the text line. I want to pose this question to Brad McElhenney as well. Now, Brad's mental recall goes back a little bit further. He's been in the business uh, a year or two longer than me. 
Has West Virginia had any higher profile status in the U.S. Senate than it does right now? I've got four monitors on here in the studio. And monitoring Ford, you know, cable news networks here. And just a moment ago, all four either had Joe Manchin or Shelley Moore Capito on screen, whether it was a soundbite from yesterday's news programs or recapping Senator Manchin's op-ed in the Gazette yesterday, previewing Senator Capito's conversation with President Biden coming up. It just struck me that here you are, your national networks, and West Virginia's two senators are being prominently covered day in, day out. Have we ever? I mean, Bird Rockefeller, pretty hope high profile there. Certainly Senator Jennings Randolph had some major accomplishments. I'm going to ask Brad McElhenney if he can remember any moment where we've had two higher profile. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you, you agree with the decisions that Senator Manchin and Senator Capito are making. I'm, we're at a point here as a state where our two senators have some influence, a significant influence. It seems like nothing's going to get done in the Senate without Senator Joe Manchin getting on board with it. As long as there's this continued, everything is going to be strictly partisan. And until we move away from that, it, if you want to get something through the Senate, you're going to have to get Joe Manchin on board with it. He came out yesterday, and he made similar comments on Metro News Talk Line with Hoppy Kirchwell. By the way, Senator Manchin will be on with Hoppy at 11.06 this morning. He made similar comments that led you to believe that he was dubious of the For the People Act. And, you know, he laid it out yesterday in his op-ed in the Charleston or West Virginia Gazette. Called on Democrats and Republicans instead to collaborate on voting right legislation. And I don't always agree with, well, I don't always agree with many people, but you're not going to move forward if you pass sweeping legislation like this strictly on partisan lines. I don't think. And it goes back to this old conversation we've had on this program and others where we've seemed to have lost the ability to debate and compromise and reach uh, agreement. In fact, I, I saw a local elected official posted on social media over the weekend where it seems like if you disagree on one issue, and this is right or left, if you disagree about one issue, you get shoved out. We'll talk more with Brad McElhenney coming up bottom of the hour. Joe Bracado, we'll lighten the mood. Uh, headed toward the end of the show as high school baseball and softball have reached the postseason. Uh, you've also got the state track meet coming up, tennis, state tennis tournaments as uh, the spring season's winding down a little bit late this year. Usually by now everything's wrapped up and you got a little time off before the, uh, well, not really. They go into their 
flex schedules and, and get ready for the fall. But we'll talk to Joe Bricado coming up bottom of the hour as well. 800-765-TALKS, the phone number, 304-TALK-304, the text line. It's 9.30, time to get a news update. Let's check in with the Metro News Anchor Desk, find out what's happening all across the great state of West Virginia. Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town. Joe Bracado. 12 minutes from now, we'll talk high school sports. Joining me now, Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney. Morning, Brad. Hey, good morning. Hi, Dave. Hey, uh, Brad, let me ask you a question. And I I brought this up, and it's kind of, I didn't bring this up when we were chatting earlier this morning, so a uh, little bit of a... Um, how would you say improv here? But I, I was thinking about this this morning, so I thought I'd pitch it to you because your, uh, as I said, mental recall goes a little bit back a little bit longer than me. Has there ever been a moment in West Virginia history that you can remember where we've had two senators with higher profiles than Senator Shelley Moore Capito and Joe Manchin right now? Oh, man. I mean... <laughs> Certainly, anybody in tandem with with Robert Byrd, yeah, uh, would be would said, be influential. I said Byrd and Rockefeller were were, were pretty. Uh, they got to be up there. You know, both were there for so long. But, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, right now it's just incredible. And you know, I, my wife and I were listening to it was something national, I, and I forget what it even was. But they they were kicking around current events, and I think it was that. I think the intro was was about Capito, Senator Capito and President Biden going back and forth about the infrastructure possibilities. And then the discussion then shifted to uh, Manchin's talks with Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins and, and, and the consensus on whatever we were watching was that, well, Biden may have to begin talking to Manchin soon. Uh, it was like, you know, zero degrees of separation, like, like, oh, the, you're talking to the people I see in the grocery store <laughs> and they're deciding things for the nation. I, I, I told listeners, I've got the four monitors here in the studio, four different national networks on and on each of these monitors just 10 minutes ago, Brad was either Manchin or Capito, you know, talking about the infrastructure or talking about his op-ed. So it, one thing's for sure, folks shouldn't get us confused with Richmond uh, anymore as much TV time as Manchin and, and Capito have had the last uh, several weeks. Man, and, you know, when when Governor Justice was really kind of on a national news hot streak, which was only a few weeks ago, and, and given time, he'll, he'll be back. But, you know, you could, you could watch at that point, and it would be any one of the three of them, or, or sometimes right in a row. Like, all right, well, I feel right at home with the national news because here, here, here's our people. Any, since we're talking about Senator Manchin, uh, sort of here, anything surprise you in that op-ed that uh, was in the Gazette yesterday? I mean, I, I guess I kind of felt like we we knew those things in a way, but it seemed like the op-ed, the fact that that it was his um, drive to do it and put his name on it. Uh, made it gave it gave it the feeling of being very official like all right i'm out with my statement and here's where i stand 
but boy, it really took off in a hurry yesterday, and it was it drove the the Sunday shows and was all over my social media. Um, you know, so I it, I guess it it didn't surprise me in a way, but I was I was amazed by how it it really took off. Yeah, I I thought we knew all of that already. He he really said similar things with Hoppy on Talkline, so I didn't think the information was new, Brad, but. Um, kind of the same with you. I was having a cup of coffee, skimming through social media yesterday, and I go, oh, well, uh, Manchin has caught people's attention. I, I guess just putting it in that form took any doubt away if you had any, I suppose. I think so. Uh, you know, what, what I really puzzled through, and my, as you can tell by all my ums and uhs, my, my professional history is newspapers rather than radio, and I was I was really kind of puzzled and thinking through the Gazette Mail's handling of it because clearly they had an op-ed that, that made a big national stir. And I don't know if they anticipated that, but they didn't really play it up. I mean, if you looked at the newspaper or the e-edition, it was on the second page of the op-eds. I mean, it, it didn't even lead the op-ed page. Uh, and then I thought, boy, I mean, they've got something here that made national news. It, it really seems like maybe they should have done a front page story about uh, Manchin's position and maybe some reaction to it, and that wasn't the case. But but today, a day later, uh, they actually led the front page uh, with the story, an AP story about the op-ed that had run in the prior day's paper. So I, I'm all kinds of confused about <laughs> you know what what the editorial thought was. But um, I mean, it was it was again, as you alluded, very very interesting to have uh, Manchin making news here in the state that. Uh, is affecting the nation. Uh, in other news, maybe less exciting, not on the cable news networks, is the uh, $150 million in highway funding projects being allocated today uh, as the legislature goes into a special session at noon. Uh, there was a presentation yesterday. What would you take away, Brad? You know, I, I, I think it's here we are in West Virginia and, and people are very attuned to the conditions of their local roads. And even if you're adding $150 million to highways, it's never enough. Um, so that's, that's what, that was what was presented last night and what is going to be decided today, just a very brief special session. And, uh, the main thing on the agenda, the thing that's going to get the most attention is diverting $150 million from the general fund, which is, your basic government checking account over to the roads fund to pay for some uh, maintenance and, and some not particularly sexy, uh, not splashy highways projects, but all over the state to conclude some things. Uh, and if it's your highway or your road and, and you've been bothered by a slip or a slide or just some rough terrain, uh, you know, you're going to be pretty happy about it. So uh, that that's the big issue. One thing that I think is interesting is, um, it is $150 million and some lawmakers ask questions about, well, is it just because the money is available and, and every dollar counts or is it that the need is outstanding? And it was a little bit of both. Um, somewhat surprisingly, state government is running a significant surplus going into the end of the fiscal year. So the money is there. And, and this is how the governor who has made a priority of roads wants to spend it. Uh, but there's some other things that work too. You know, the the north central parts of West Virginia certainly get a lot of wear and tear from the 
activities of the natural gas industry, the, those heavy trucks that come in, uh, just, you know, I mean, they do a number on the roads. And, and so there's always necessary work in those areas. And then there were areas of West Virginia this winter that really got hit hard, um, particularly Wayne County, uh, just ice storms that not only knocked out the power, but affected the roads. So there were a few things. But then this ongoing and broader issue um, that's affecting the nation where cars are getting more efficient, uh, more people are moving to electric cars. And when your when your road infrastructure is based on people paying gas taxes uh, or fees at the mm-hmm. DMV, and, and that amount is going down and down and down as things change, uh, then you know it makes you wonder if you're going to need to do more things like this. And, and just transfer general tax money over to pay for the roads. So but those were the things I got out of it. I, I don't think it's going to be super controversial today, but I do think I got some hints that there are some lawmakers who, given $150 million on hand, uh, their priorities may be different. I got a, an email from one lawmaker who would prefer to see some tax cuts, that kind of thing. But I, I think overall it's going to pass. Talking to Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney. Brad, leading up to this set of interim meetings, I spoke with several local lawmakers in Montague County, uh, Barbara Evans Fleshauer, John Williams, uh, Delegate Joe Statler. We were talking to uh, Delegate Queen last week from Harrison County. I thought, and maybe this was a misconception on my part, I thought there would be more discussion this week of the larger Six hundred seventy-seven million that's already come into West Virginia. I thought there might be more discussion during a special session this time around on how to allocate those funds because they were all talking broadband. They were all talking about some of the other infrastructure needs. Uh, everything on the agenda here seems pretty clear cut and dry. Were you expecting more, or was that just a misconception on my part? No, it wasn't, and I, I kind of was at first. But then as I heard these conversations, I, it, I became more attuned to how you'd really have to think through those broadband priorities and, and how the state spending would need to interact with local government spending and, and those priorities. Uh, you'd need to think through what, what really do we need to do on water projects around the state and wastewater. And so I, I became relatively convinced that that was going to hold off till September. And now that's the way that appears. Mm-hmm. There, there are some pieces of uh, federal relief that the legislature will be deciding today, but I think it's, I think it's just rubber stamping much like the state got a pot of money and County government's got a pot of money and municipalities got a pot of money. Well, the department of education with the state and, and DHHR also got sort of independent pots of money. But there's really nothing to be decided about it, I don't think, except at the agency level. And so the legislature is going to allocate that money because it's their duty to do so. And and they're going to do that today. And the reason they can do that so quickly is I don't think there's a whole lot to think through. But the things where there is a lot to think through, they're going to hold that in abeyance till September or so. Metro News Statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney, undoubtedly the most influential Metro News statewide correspondent we've had in recent memory. Brad, thank you very much, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. All right. Coming up, we'll talk to Joe Bricado. We'll get caught up on some high school sports. Back in a moment. Now back to the talk of the town. 
Special treat today, Joe Bracato is in studio. Morning, Joe. That's a show, isn't it? Well, yes, absolutely. Uh, it's an honor to follow Brad McElhaney, although that comes with great responsibility and pressure. Uh, it's, it's a tough act to follow. Also, no Ron was spot on earlier about a particular type of food delicacy from the northern panhandle. Oh, De Carlo. Do, where do you fall in De Carlo's? It's the pizza where you, you bake the crust and the sauce, and then you add the cheese and pepperoni after the fact. Diff- okay. Try to find a respectful way to uh, it's okay. uh, to articulate this. It's okay. Uh, different uh, is often frightening to people. <laughs> and a former police chief compared to eating cardboard. So I'm not going to go that far. Okay. But it, it, it's different. It's different. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Next time you're uh, up in the northern panhandle, we'll, we'll go get some DeCarlos. Or something else. Or something else. Okay, thank you. Sure. Uh, sectional baseball action. Sectional baseball and softball action. Let's check out uh, the area teams, Joe. Let's start with the Mohegans. And we've got the matchup that was highly expected and yes. highly anticipated coming up next week in the regional round. Of course, what is kind of unfortunate, when you have good weather, and the teams did have good weather for the most part this past week, then that creates a, a full week off for these teams. But Morgantown won their section in Class AAA in Region 1. Bridgeport won their section in Class AAA uh, Region 1, Section 2. So we've got Morgantown and Bridgeport both in the top four of the Metro News Power Index. They're, they will face off against each other in a best-of-three series for a spot in the state tournament. That series will begin Monday. Morgantown, by virtue of being the higher-seeded team prior to the start of sectional play, they'll get the right to host Game 1 and, if necessary, Game 3. So that's a major advantage uh, sure. for, for the Mohegans. Um, but Bridgeport, we know what they've done over the last six years with uh, six consecutive Class AA state championships and now moving up to Class AAA this year. Uh, the team split two regular season meetings. Uh, Quincy Thornton for Morgantown, probably one of the best pitchers in the state without question. Uh, so he'll, I would imagine, probably gets the ball in Game 1, and Bridgeport uh, will then have to you know, find ways to work around him, which they were not able to do in the season opener. Thornton pitched very effectively uh, for the Mohegans in that one. Uh, but without question, I think one of the more heavily anticipated regional series that we'll have. Yeah, it, it's a shame. There were three top ten teams in that region. Wheeling Park, you know, Wheeling Park getting eliminated there in the section. It's a shame that we're not going to see all three of these teams out the state tournament. And it, really, it's a shame we're only going to see one of them. Uh, what's going to be a fun, fun regional matchup here next week? Right. I think with the what we saw with the expansion of the basketball state tournaments is you saw some teams that you know maybe weren't necessarily deserving of spots in the state tournament. That's the opposite when it comes to state baseball and softball. You only have four teams uh, in three different classes making it, so only uh, twelve teams are going to find their way to Charleston. So inevitably, there's going to be some sections that and some regions that are overloaded with uh, quality teams. You certainly have that uh, in Class AAA and Region 1. All right, Class AA Region 1, Section 1. North Marion sitting in the catbird seat. Yeah, the Huskies and, and a pretty good record for a number 4 seed. Yeah. They entered the playoffs with a 13-8 and record, and they post victories uh, to open up the playoffs. Uh, they defeated East Fairmont to open up, then defeated Oak Glen, then defeated Weir. So they're 3-0 and and waiting for the victor of today's game between Weir and Oak Glen. And North Marion uh, would only then have to win one game out of two against that team that wins to advance on to the regionals. All right, so Huskies would have to win one if Weir or Oak Glen would have to win two tomorrow. Would they play a doubleheader tomorrow or would they play? I think they probably would. Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. Would, would stretch it out Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. Yeah. Uh, class single A, anybody we're keeping an eye on there? Uh, 
I think, uh, you know, one of the teams that's kind of come alive late in the season is the South Harrison Hawks. Uh, they're yeah. playing some very, very good ball. They can close out their section uh, if they get a victory tonight against Notre Dame. So the crew from Lost Creek playing very well. Of course, on the opposite side of that region is likely going to be Moorefield. Moorefield uh, has advanced to the sectional final. They'll take on Petersburg. If Moorefield wins one out of two, they advance. So a great challenge standing in the way of South Harrison, potentially if they win the section uh, to get to the state tournament. But you know, South Harrison won the OKC tournament a couple weeks ago, and uh, they've been playing some great ball after a little bit of an uneven start to the season. About 90 seconds, Joe. Class AAA softball, uh, Region 1, Section 2, University. Moving on. Yep, the uh, Hawks knocking off Buchanan Upshur 8 to nothing on Saturday, so that gives the Hawks the sectional championship and it'll take on John Marshall in the regional round coming up next week against the same it's a little bit of a different setup for softball where the seeding doesn't matter when it comes to uh, which team hosts university is going to be the team that's going to host since they are the section two winner uh, it's, it operates a little bit differently but uh, for all intents and purposes the Hawks would host two out of three in that series all right quickly class double a yeah, Class AA, uh, you know, it, it's a pretty deep class uh, around uh, with, a, with a team like Herbert Hoover, who's a three-time defending state champion. They're going to take on the winner of uh, today's matchup between Robert C. Bird and Lincoln. And in the top half, uh, you know, a, a quality team of citizens from uh, the Weir Red Riders, they'll be taking on East Fairmont today. And, of course, the winner of that to take on Oak Glen. And uh, that's the story in Region 1. Joe Bercano, he did all of that without notes. Appreciate it, Joe. There were heavy notes. We'll wrap it up next. We're talking about your town. Now back to the talk of the town. That's it. I'm out. Out of time. Hoppy Kirchwell is coming up. Metro News Talk Line. Follow the news of the day at the website. Go to wvmetronews.com. I'll keep you updated all day long. Look forward to talking to you again tomorrow morning at 9.06. Talk of the town. Hoppy Kirchival is next. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial. Plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.